believe it or not, you walk your pigs. Because you yeah. have a podcast on the road to Ohio. Who doesn't want to hire a real estate agent that can you free raised crispy trees? To be a funeral director, to work in a funeral home. Of course. We have already got full stories that we didn't know about. Really? We just oh. got started. I'm a very private person. <laughs> I love that. Welcome to the Get Real Podcast. Oh, this is fantastic. I'm happy to be here. Good to have you. Actually, it's Get Real Estate Podcast. We got real questions, real answers, and some real estate. We want, we want interesting stories. Yeah, so I mean, everyone, everyone talks about real estate, right? You got to mix it up a little bit. We're, we're fun. No, no, not, not really. Not really. But you know what they do care about? Growing up on a farm in Ohio. Well, Okay. Used to show pigs, and now became one of the most successful real estate agents in the DMV. Tell me how that came about. Uh-huh. Tell me about this life. Well, I, you know, it, if I was positive, my my dad would say, "This is where you learn to work so hard, right?" But uh, the, at the time, it, I don't think there was. I didn't find any positive about growing up on a farm in Ohio when I was living in Ohio on a farm. Um, but I do think. Uh, you know, it's you, it, the work ethic. It's, yeah. it's true. Like farmers, like they work seven days a week, maybe yeah. six, like if they're super religious and like, but when you're working, like you're really working from like six, seven in the morning until yeah. like eight, nine, ten o'clock at night. What so is like, a day in the life? Well, well, I mean, I mean again, like, that, right? like I lived on a farm, but I was, I was always trying to figure out how not to work on the yes. farm. I was very good at that as well. Um, so I guess that, that was, was your my, motivation. That was my motivation to get out of Ohio. Um, but like my dad, who did not grow up on a farm, but married into it, like he would get up at five thirty-six in the morning. He drive half mile down the road where the cows were, the cattle as we call them, <laughs> and um, feed them, and then come home. And then he would actually go take a shower, do his real job, come mm-hmm. home at four o'clock. If it was farm season, then he would farm till nine, 10 o'clock at night. If it Man. was um, all farm season, they put in drainage tile. So like, that's what I watched my dad do until I was in junior high. And then he actually dialed it back quite a bit because my sister and I were pretty involved in sports and activities. Um, but then you have my mom who, Grew up on a farm, so she's used to working all the time. And she actually, funny enough, like really never ever helped on the farm. But, uh, you know, she kind of did her nine to five job when we were little. But by the time I was in junior high, like she started, you know, business and worked all the time and literally has done so up until she just finally retired two years ago. So, um, but I think it's, so while she didn't work on a farm when I was a kid, like that's where she learned it. So it is really a work ethic that like you are born into, like you don't know any difference. Um, You know, I used to tell a story that my grandmother, who unfortunately was dying of cancer and kind of in the little remission, and I came home from my cross country practice, I was probably like 17 years old. It was like 80 degrees out, probably hotter. And I look behind my house and she's like chopping weeds with like a hatchet. So like, and this, she was in her 70s, and literally, I think she probably died within, like, six months of that. So right. that's how I grew up. So, yes, to anyone that's listening, my team will be set. They will be, uh, I will be on my deathbed, and I will be making sure that they are doing open houses. <laughs> and they're not trying to put a sign out and then, you know, go skip them. Yes. The work ethic is real. The it's work real. ethic is real. That's amazing. And so, and I was told... You showed pigs. What did that look like? Uh, what does that, what does uh, that mean? Can I tell you? I was, telling, I was telling someone the other day about this. Like, like talking about like worth work ethic. Like yeah. when we were kids, because I have kids right now. And like, how do you get them to do things, right? And I was like, oh no, no. But when I was a kid, we had. 
fair animals. And so until the fair started, which is usually, I think, towards the middle to end of July, so as soon as school is out for like that six weeks before the fair, we'd have to get up every morning. And believe it or not, you walk your pigs. You walk your with sheep. Okay. Steers, which are the cattle, we, you, you walk them, I think, more than there than to uh, train them because these yeah. are like 1,200-pound animals and you're supposed to like, you know, carry around the harness and like <laughs> do this little wood or uh, metal thing to get their feet square, right? Not, not something they want to do. Um, but when I, pigs, we would like walk them like a little cane and they would just like run like kids run and you yeah. just make sure you don't lose them and you'd walk like 12 of them and you'd go like a half a mile, quarter of a mile, three quarters of a mile down, the, down and then you'd walk them back and it was to get muscle yeah. because when you go to show them, they, they look at the lean, how lean they I mean, are. Yeah. Is, I would never know that. Yeah, I know. Come on. Hey, the information. Hey, we could get you. This is I, good. We, I think my cousin's kids still have uh, fair animals. So if you want to take a little, we could do take this yeah, podcast this. on the road to Ohio, maybe next we summer. We could film this. We could do it. We could film you and me walking pigs. Yes, yes. I have a feeling they would not ask you to come back. <laughs> you, you wouldn't. If anyone would could lose a pig, it would be Latney. I would not. Yeah, yes. Yeah. No, probably not. Not. No, no. So you grew up on a farm, and then uh, you were motivated to get out of the farm life. Real estate. I mean, have you always loved it? Yeah. How'd you get into no, it? No, I mean, you know, I, I were you in real estate in Ohio later? No. Okay. You know what? So, but the very long career path short is I, my very first job out of college was I worked for uh, Kellogg's, a cereal company. Yeah. And I uh, stayed in the Midwest. I, they moved me to Michigan where their headquarters were. And then they moved me to Louisville, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Louisville. I lived there for a year. It was a ton of fun. I was yeah. in my early 20s. Um, Kentucky Derby. I mean, uh, you know, we have a big party mm-hmm. for the Kentucky Derby. That's hence that's part of the reason. Oh, and um, then I moved here, and I had bought my first place in, when I was in my early twenties in Louisville, and I enjoyed mm-hmm. renovating it and getting it up um, and selling it. But then uh, I moved here for the job. Thought DC was kind of expensive. By the way, this was in t- January of two thousand when it was yeah. like so cheap. Yeah. But it was expensive in comparison sure. compared to Louisville, Kentucky. Sure. And I bought in six months. I went from, oh, I'm going to rent for 12 months. I broke my lease, bought my first place, bought my first rental property, yep. bought my second rental property, and within 12 months, then put money down on um, a new construction. And if anyone happens to be listening to this podcast and they know D.C. and U Street area, the Harrison Square townhomes, um, I bought one of those pre-construction. And, yes, they're well over 20 years old at this point, so it was a yeah. long time ago. But um, – so at that point, I was what like, was I get price? my license. What was that price? Uh, you know what? So at that point, that price of the townhome, I think with some upgrades, was like literally like somewhere around four hundred thousand. Yeah. Like within like three ninety, I think it was like four twenty. Right. And I they're worth as is today, like a million bucks. Yeah. You know, maybe maybe nine fifty if you hadn't updated them since then. So. Um, yeah, too bad I still don't own that one. So <laughs> that I have made some good investments and some maybe not so much. So, um, but anyhow, so I got my license. Now you like, got your job. license like when you bought the first no, rental? No, no, no. So after, after all, all four of them, okay. all four of them got my real estate license. And that I did all that from January of 2000 to 2001. And um, still selling cereal when I first got my license. It was the joke. I would drive my company car, by the way, Pontiac. Hunter Green Grand Prix. Wow. Oh yeah, cool. with tan glossies. Oh, I should have pop I, it up right there on the pop screen. It up. We should find it. And um, all my clients, I 
give them Rice Krispie treats and Pop-Tarts to in my trunk. So, I mean, who doesn't want to hire a real estate agent that can give you free Rice Krispie treats? I mean, who knows? So, I've known you for six years since I moved back yeah. here. I mean, I've already got four stories I've never even heard about. Really? We just oh. got started. I'm a very private person. We just got started. We'll be on a podcast. This and, is yeah, All my good. secrets come this out. This is good. All right. Sorry. Sorry to interrupt you, God. Please do. But that's it. Yeah. So, I um, literally I sold... My cereal, because yeah. I was the only rep in the area, and uh, real estate for six months. And by January of 2001, I was like, I can't I can't do both of these, yeah. and I love selling real estate. So there you go. Well, who were you working for at that time? So I got my license. Initially, I worked um, at the original, which is t- now today TTR Sotheby's, but it was original, mm-hmm. the original Tub Taylor and Rankin um, office okay. on 18th and S Street, uh, nice. right off of the circle. Yeah. When did you start creating a team? Because... For those that do know you, which is many, and don't, name is Trent Co. You guys are one of the top producing real estate teams in all the areas. When did the team start? Yeah, good question. So it was a little organic. Some people do ask me this, and I always say, like, we started, I started a team not because I was trying to grow people under me um, to make money off of them. I started a team because we just started to get busy and I needed, we had to do open houses. I can only be so many places at a time. And so I really wanted quality agents. um, And I felt like I could find agents that I felt would had a lot of potential, but they could use my experience to help them. And I could use their um, hard work to be a good representative of me. Um, And so we started a team, we actually kind of had a team, but in a very loose way in like 2005, six, seven, when the market was really crazy, the market went down, we like, this is not working. Um, And then we really started to grow the team and follow under Tretton Co. in 2010, 2011. So we started earlier, but that's when we really started to grow the team. And that team, I mean, I see the same people pretty much all the time on that team. It doesn't seem like there's a lot of turnover there. Yeah. So how does, I mean, in this industry, yeah. there's tons you, of it's, turnover. It's, it's, it's tough. Being, you stuck with me. What's that's, the secret sauce? Why, why do they stay yeah. with me? Um, you know, I think, yeah, I don't want, want to say, oh, we're like a family. Because we're not, we, we love each other, like, in yeah. a many way. But it's not that. It's I think it's because um, there are a lot of really great teams out there. And some of them have all started in different ways. But I think a lot of people think, if you're going to have a team, it's because, kind of what I said a little bit ago, oh, I'm going to bring you on, and then I'm going to, as mm-hmm. the team leader, keep a certain amount of your commission split, et cetera. And I, so from the very beginning, I've been very generous with the amount of splits that my yeah. agents take home with them because, like I said, I, to me, it's more about making sure they're an extension of me, not yeah. a profit center for me. And so I think team leaders right. lose agents because they get too focused on the splits. Yep. And... Um, so that has never been an issue, um, and I think because of that, we've shared enough that the, you know the agents on my team see the value, yeah. right? So yeah. it's like, oh, the grass isn't really isn't green on the other side. Yeah. But other than that, you're right. We lost very few agents, and the ones that we have are honestly both, oh, really only two, and they both are a little bit mini me's. Yeah. Like they really <laughs> needed to do their own thing, and I'm really good friends with them and proud of them, and you know, honestly, like they, it wouldn't have. They were going to do their own thing, and I'm happy that they have. But that's two is not many at all. Yeah, in the it's, last unbelievable. Time. it's unbelievable. Fifteen years. Yeah, and I mean, I'm always seeing you. You work for a lot of developers. You do condos. I mean, I, I, the condo king is that a name? Is that a name we should? <laughs> that condo king. Condo king. Why? Why? Why condos? How did you get into condos? 
What's the secret sauce with condos? How did this all come? Well, I, I, was this something you focused on? Yeah, no. So I, I you know, so I, sometimes I share this the uh, story that's kind of funny, but I was agent. I saw you like you know got into the market, and then I got hired um, by by McWilliams Ballard, who does a really great job with their sales and marketing for larger projects. And I got recruited to join them in uh, 2003, the summer I believe in 2003. And I actually worked for them for five years, but I worked for them as the market went way high, crazy, yeah. crazy, 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 and then it went way down, 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 down. Very depressing. And so. When I decided, like, this is, I just, I have to do something different. And I actually liked doing the resales. And a lot of ages, especially back then, maybe not quite as much now, yeah. it was either you either help clients buy and sell and what I call a resale agent, or you work for new construction projects. Yeah. No one overlapped. And I had always overlapped a little bit at Big Williams Ballard, but I'd always really enjoyed helping my friends buy and sell. Yeah. And not just, you know, I felt like it's kind of like I was selling cars because I'm selling only big buildings. Mm-hmm. So, um, when the market was down, it was tough selling new construction. So at the yeah. end of 08, I left and I swore I would never work with the developer again. Like, yeah. this is not my thing. I'm not working with the developer. And I mean, I think within six months, like I had a couple of them, you know, developers mm-hmm. that I'd met through referrals. And yeah, I spend most of my time on development projects at this point. I mean, our team, we do a lot of resales. I mean, our business is, is all over the map, yeah. but where I spend my Monday through Friday is meeting builders, doing walkthroughs, doing finishes, doing pricing, doing, pro- you know, et cetera, more than I do the other. That's why I have a team, right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah the there finishes, you go. I mean, the design of finishes, as I know, I, I don't do anything without your approval, my own personal well, that, that, as, 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 as you should, as yes, should. we've learned. Design by, is yes. not one of my strengths, um, but... A for e- well, I think you get an A for effort. I find um, some things from time to time and yes. I print screen them and yes. send them to you, and yeah. you're like, not bad. Yeah, yeah. Ish. Ish. But why don't you do this? Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but you're, you have a gift for design. Uh, is that part of the services, the work you would try and tell? Like the design element? Um, I know that one of our friends uses you for designing everything. Yeah. Like, tell us about that. Is it natural to you? Yeah, I think, you know what? I think. It is natural to me. I enjoy it. I think that's the key to why I love this job. Is I, yeah. I, I love what I do. I mean, a lot of people say, "Why do you still do that? Why don't? Why are you still working with the developers? Or why are you still showing property or whatever it may be?" Because I really like it. Yeah. So, but I definitely enjoy the design piece. I also know if it's not executed well, it will affect the sales prices. Sure. And you know, when I always say, like, I'm the last one holding the bag at the end. Like yeah. when things aren't selling. It's always the real estate agent's fault. Always. It's not the market. It's not the bad finishers. It's not, you know, the views or whatever it may be. So I'm very realistic always on my pricing as well. But yeah, I love to make sure that, you know, I've approved it because I don't want to go back later and say, ah, you know what, people don't like the tile in the bathroom. Or we should have done, you know, white cabinets instead of black cabinets, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever it may have been. So I do have a lot of our clients, um, sometimes I would like to help them less because it is a lot of additional yeah. work. But um, I feel like w- w- when they end up going out like rogue on their own, it, it, it usually comes it doesn't, back to it me. Doesn't work. No, it doesn't. It doesn't I, work. No, no. People don't realize. Like I, the, I was at Home Depot last night at 9 o'clock. I was like picking up mirrors I ordered for one of the developers because <laughs> they, they weren't right. And then they wanted me to pick them out. And I'm like, by the time I do this, I might as well go order exactly what it is. But you got to go to home people and pick them up so yeah. they don't show up cracked. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, it was just easier. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, it's like a lot of things in life. Just do it yourself. I love it. So you mentioned generous splits. Yeah. You know, I hear I hear a lot of agents who are like just doing the math on the splits and not considering anything else. Like, 
you know, how do you say you did a good job at doing generous splits because it does come down to money, but like what other value do you add beyond just Yeah, well I think first of all, I think if if the team leaders focus on splits, that means your agents are also focused on splits. Yeah. And then you've got two people that have the same appears to be the same goal, but they're focused and not a very team format yeah. right and um so we are generous on them but we yes we also do a lot and do team parties and you know we you know deanne on my team loved to buy stuff so like you know she she'll say she'll spend <laughs> as much money as she possibly can to put my logo on stuff i could care less mm-hmm. and she likes to spend money so it works that we have a lot of stuff with my logo and um or our logo i should say so um but i again i think that's part of the reason we've kept their retention but i don't think it's just because of the splits, I think it's because that's how we start our our ages on our team. And so it's never usually been an issue. And because of that, we're focused on how we're helping each other get yeah. sales done. And then and then it's like a you know, true partnership from the beginning. Love it. You know, I don't I try not to go and listing appointments with my agents because I don't have time, yeah. but I go and they need me and I go go a decent amount. And they don't ask me if they think they can handle it, but if they really need yeah. it, they're gonna ask me, and that means I know they need me and I go. So they respect my time, I respect theirs, you know, they respect my ideas and I respect theirs. Like I said, we're all about fun. So we yeah. have fun with it. Um, true. But I think it's all starts. You create that environment from the beginning. And I think um, you, the splits are a good way to get into everyone, making sure they're on the same page at the very, very beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. You know, when I think of Trent and Co., I also think of Deanne. Yeah. Um, how did this relationship start? Okay. So that's a good question. So anyone <laughs> that's listening to this that doesn't know, Deanne Lanning mm-hmm. runs my team. And actually, because we spoke to a lot about uh, new construction, she also oversees my new construction division because I we you know we help people buy a lot of houses in Maryland, a lot of houses in DC and Virginia and help, you know, um, sellers sell a lot of stuff. So we kind of different pockets and who's teaming up and you know my agents bring in their own business that we team up with all the time as well. But Deanne is truly the one everyone is afraid of at Trent Co. <laughs> I, I'm the I'm the fun dad, right? Like I'm like, okay, yeah, we can do that. Or oh, we don't need that. Or okay, well I guess we don't really need to have a team meeting today. Yeah. Uh Deanne, she meets with our staff twice a week. Mm-hmm. Basically she doesn't even want me on the calls. <laughs> so um You're a distraction. I am a distraction. There's no doubt. So I am definitely the rainmaker and I'm definitely not the one who's dotting all the I's and crossing the T's. Uh but I do, believe it or not, I do know when they're being dotted and uh, not crossed. So it, it does surprise my team sometimes when yeah. they realize I actually pay a lot of attention. But um, so Deanne and I actually, in all sense of purposes, started a, a real estate firm uh, about eight, nine, oh gosh, no, 10 years ago. Yeah. And uh, she was brought on to really run the firm with the uh, founder. And she was amazing. And that's how I met her. Yep. And it was Beasley Real Estate. Okay, okay. We just clicked from the beginning. Uh, we had different roles for uh, the first year, year and a half. And so, like, we were definitely in a lot of communication, but yep. she was not running the team. She was not a part of Trent & Co. And what it really came down to is, like, she's just great at getting stuff done. Yes. And um, I think she saw my team business really growing. And yeah. I think she thought basically you're not so great at just getting stuff done and so it was her she's like i think i should just join your team run it and i was like okay so it was 100 percent her idea like there's no way like whatever no deanne took over and um wow it's awesome it's really great we 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 uh, love deanne and uh can't say anything that's a great name yeah 
Yeah. It's a pretty game. It is. It is definitely. Um, yeah. So anyone that's worked with us, they, they know they know who to call for what. You know? Exactly. Yeah, 100%. All right, so here's a question we're asking everyone. Okay, I'm ready. Um, was there ever a time you were crawled up in a ball, wanting to give up? Did you give up? Did you not give up? Was it in the real estate industry? Was it another industry? What happened? Gosh. I will, mm, I, I will say the one thing about me is I'm, a, I'm pretty persistent, mm -hmm. and I, I really do go with my gut well. Um, so I would say the answer to that is not to the point that I then ended up then giving up or that I was so upset. Um, probably without getting to a lot of details, yep. when I was a partner at a real estate firm for a couple of years, um, it was it was a lot. Yeah. It was it was something that I learned a lot about, but I was happy to get out of it. Yeah. And I, so I think that's probably one of the harder business uh, decisions because I had to figure out how to do it. Yeah. So it wasn't affecting too many people in a negative way. Um, so I don't know if I was necessarily in a ball, like giving up. Yeah. I wasn't giving up. I was basically saying like, this is not sustainable. Yeah, this up. is not good. We got to move on and we got to do it in the right way. Yeah. And we did. And is that honestly, when you went to Compass? And that's when I went to Compass. Yeah. And it's been a, it was a wonderful decision. So sometimes I think people over strategize and there are too many reasons like that they're looking into, like why they were successful or why they weren't. Yeah. What is the number one reason looking back at your career that you were successful? Well, I will actually say, cause I don't strategize. I mean, <laughs> and, uh, and for someone that, because you know, you and I are really good friends and you're always strategizing and yeah. I'm like, well, Latney's just strategizing, so I'll just do whatever Latney wants to do, or you know, whatever it may be. Um, I, like I said, I tend to go with my gut. I could strategize a little bit more, there's no doubt, but I, I feel like I work hard and I, and I do what I enjoy. Yeah. So if I don't enjoy something, I hire someone to do it, yeah. or I don't do it. And I have been like that the majority of my career. Yeah. Um, and but as far as like really sitting down. And like, I definitely have scenarios where I could use examples, but I won't. But I do feel like sometimes people over strategize yeah. and they spend no their doubt. time strategizing yeah. and not getting stuff done. I agree. And I've seen agents, I've seen mortgage lenders, uh, the market's really good and they're strategizing how their business is going to be better next yeah. year. I'm like, but I think you're now taking away from the current business when the market's good. Mm -hmm. To me, you're leaving money on the table. Yeah. Like if you're going to strategize, strategize when the market's down. So I, I don't think it's that we don't come up with plans and execute them, but we don't spend a lot of time overthinking things. Yes, no, I know. It makes a lot of sense. And I, I mean, you got to do things and you can't just talk about it, right? You got to do it. Yeah, and that, yeah well, my husband, that's a whole side note, but my, <laughs> I have to throw that out there. My husband's a psychiatrist yeah. and he is one that likes to talk about everything. And I like to talk about nothing. I like to do things. And so like, I'm like, yeah, well, did you do this? Right? Like he wants to talk about why he didn't do it. And I'm just like, well, you didn't do it. So move on. Yeah. So no, I'm, I'm a, definitely a doer more than a, uh, an overthinker, yeah, right or wrong. It's my favorite aspect of people. Just, just do it. Just do it. And then we'll figure it out yeah. after. Um, speaking of your husband. Yeah. Um, I'm a, growing up in Ohio. Yeah. Was it easy back in the day when we're older people? So back yes. in the day, it wasn't yeah. as nice of an environment. Growing up as a gay kid in Ohio. Yeah. Tell me about that. Well, what was, what was that mean, like? You know. Um, on a farm, of course. Yeah, on a farm. So uh, what I will tell you about that is I moved... I had my, I will go back and tell you that I actually got my job in DC from Kellogg's, a cereal company, no. because I was, they were moving me around a lot. I was doing well. And I turned down 
a promotion because I heard the DC um, territory was coming mm -hmm. open, and I wanted to move here for yeah. a, a woman. Oh, so there you go. There go. So I don't know if you knew that. So um, I don't know if I did. So the uh, so I. So what age was this? Is it early twenties? Yeah. Uh, so I was in my early twenties. Yeah. 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 So I think I moved here in. I was like 23, 24 ish. Yep. But that was towards the end. And then, like, when I found DC, I found a lot of things. <laughs> I love that. I'm coming out. <laughs> so it was not, I don't, so I guess I think it, we're also like, I'm a lot, old, I, I think I'm older than people think I am. So I, I was born in 1975, so I'm 48. So, um, and I grew up on a farm. And then I went to college in, you know, the Midwest, mm -hmm. et cetera. So I don't think it was something that it really, not that I, was Bolivia, but like didn't wasn't really on my radar yeah. at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when you come to DC, it's like okay, well, I, you can't get away from it. It's so, great when guests go. are here and I look five years younger than me, but I'm five <laughs> years younger than them. Well, appreciate it, buddy. Appreciate it. Time. So talking about family, you've got a couple daughters in high school. I do. Right? As of this week, I yeah. have a four-year-old. Just tell me what what do I need to do? What's what's what does my life look like? Yeah, in the next ten years. You know, well, first of all. Um, I love how I, I, I wanted I wanted to be a, a what do you call it, a girl dad like my husband really wanted a boy I wanted to be a girl so like it's and my two daughters are they're twins they're fourteen and a half they're so different um, but it's fun I mean they're um, but I'm don't get me wrong I'm not like a Kool Aid drinker so like, oh, I can't believe they're in high school I'm like good like I want I have four years left my kitchen's gonna be clean yeah. all the time again I don't have to like pick up the towels um, I don't have to yell um, I think. Yeah. they're going to do what they want to do. So I think, you know, try to, to monitor it. But, like, kids are just really, I mean, we all, anyone listening to this, well, maybe not. Hopefully people are, that are listening are not all from the DMV. But yeah. around here, like, it's, like, this is not Ohio. Like, and, and yeah. they don't live in the middle of nowhere. Like, yeah. I went yesterday, um, I went to check on them because they were getting ready for their first day of high school. And I said, went to their room. I said, do you have anything? Do you need water? Do you guys want breakfast? You know, whatever. By the way, we don't know how to do a lot of breakfast, but I was trying to help them eat healthy, whatever. No, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. As I'm shutting the door, my one daughter says to my other daughter, I want vanilla. And I'm like, open the door. Vanilla? What do you guys do? What are you What are you doing? Oh, uh, well, we're ordering Starbucks to be delivered. <laughs> I'm like, oh, of course. Yeah, of course you are. So we're going to now spend $25 on two overpriced drinks and have someone drop them off. Uh, I was like, yeah, no, you're not. Yeah. So um, that to me is the, so like I always... So basically, I'm fucked. Yeah, yes. you're, like I guess that's what like try to like teach them about money. I mean, I feel no. like we're, we tried, but I think also living right here is hard. I mean, first of all, I lived in the middle of nowhere. Like everything was like a ten miles to go. So you Starbucks was not down the the road, nor was Starbucks existent back then. But um, yeah, they're just expensive. So you yeah. gotta just for me, I'm just like trying to uh, monitor it so I'm not still paying their credit cards um, when they're in their thirties. But you know, never easy. So. If you weren't in real estate, what would you yeah. be doing? Oh, well, considering that I've been in real estate almost <laughs> all my adult career, um, to be honest with you, there's nothing else I would do. It would all be real estate re um, related, but I got to answer the question. So I'm going to take it back to the old school and say, which you probably also don't know about me, and you do know me quite well. <laughs> I originally went to college my first year going as a freshman yeah. in. Do you know? Do you know what? I don't. You don't. I don't. You, you, I would let you uh, guess, like Ruffles. What is it? Ruffles still skin or something? But you never guess it. To be 
a funeral director to work in a funeral home. Of course. Of course I do. Of course. Of course I do. Look at Rose. There you go. I mean, that's just too good. From, from uh, caskets to houses, right? How does this come So it's kind of like different sizes. How did you get interested in this? So. Internship? So because I I worked in Erskine. I lived in a small town. But let me be very clear. I really did grow up on a farm. Yes. But the nearest town, you know, is like 15 miles away or whatever it was. And so like, but in that small town that we identified as like our yeah. local town and being someone that grew up in a farm that did not like farming, but liked nice things from yeah. a very young age, the only These two people that I money. knew that drove yeah. a Mercedes and a BMW were the two people that owned the two different funeral homes. Nice. And I'm like, that's where I'm going to work. And so I worked at a funeral home in that's high school. Amazing. Yeah. And I, I didn't do it until I was a senior, and I actually just really enjoyed it. So I thought I would become a funeral director. Dude, is there a major for this in college? So what did you go into? Again, they, it could be different now. This was like 25 years ago. But um, at the time, I went to Xavier University and, uh, in uh, Cincinnati. And at the time, the Ohio Mortuary of Silence, actually they had rented uh, – space on Xavier's campus. Yeah. So it was really like a two year, but like you see, so you go do like a, you go to college, to state school, whatever, Xavier, private school, but um, for two years. And then you go over and you, and you finish your last two years there, something like that. I mean, I definitely decided within my first semester of college that I need to stay for four years. Yeah. And by the end of my freshman year, if not even before that, I was like, yeah, I'm not doing this. <laughs> but actually it wasn't that I really didn't like the profession. It was that I don't know if, there are people in that industry now that would, you know, there, I'm sure there are opportunities like there are in all careers, but I didn't want to be stuck it, knowing that after, to be successful, you have to really be in one town or yeah. one location sure. growing your business. However, how funny that I'm in real estate where it's not really a career that you can just pick up and go either, right? So I'm very uh, tied to, you know, No, that's a DC. really good point though. Cause like, you know, there are certain industries and today's remote life, you can kind of go anywhere, but like, that's something people need to consider. Yeah. You know, like, when you get stuck, you get stuck. I mean, I was in San Diego, and, you know, I, I sold the business. It was, I, I was like, if I don't leave now, I'm never leaving. You know, because, like, I don't really, I didn't have any skills. I was running obstacle races and sports leagues. So, like, I don't, I, but I agree with you completely. Yeah, you, you know, you're, you, so you better love where you live if you yeah. can and then get your career. So, I, you know, we got, you, as my, myself, we got really lucky that we found where we enjoy living yep. at a young age and we're able to build a career in that location. But, yeah, so I guess if I really had to get out of the business, you know, hey, I, I, have a lot, I know a lot of agents that are going to get old someday. So maybe yeah. I will uh, <laughs> switch over. Maybe, maybe I'll get a, buy a funeral home in D.C. Uh, in 25 years. There you go. <laughs> you're the last person you're going to see, literally, me. Oh, well, people That's know the, the names. They, they see your name. Yeah, it's fine. What's next for Trend Co.? I mean, you've been doing this for a while. What does five years, ten years look like? Are you gonna be? Are you? Are we? Are we been doing? Are we selling homes till we're in our eighties? Yeah, why not? I like. You it. know what? Absolutely. I I don't have a plan. People. No. I get this asked all the time. So I um, this is to do what I enjoy. Yeah, and I I will I will be selling houses till I'm in my eighties. I mean, Love probably it. maybe not working at the level I'm working, but I don't know what else I would do. I mean, that is the difference. Deanne, who you know runs my team, she always says like. Tia's got a lot of interest, and she goes to the Kennedy Center, and she reads books, and she's just a lot of stuff. Yeah. And she's like, Trent's hobby is 
real estate. And it's true. I mean, you know, I'm, my husband and I are building a house right now. And we actually have a house that we built uh, eight years, almost eight years ago. But part of it is like, this is what we like to do together. So well, um, I know for, it's definitely a hobby because yeah. you have the best house in the entire DMV. So the only way you go to another house is because you just love doing it. Yeah, that's, right? it's, it's, why not? I mean, yeah. it, is, it is such a great house. Yeah. Now, when will this house be coming to market? You know, let's no, this, the house that I'm currently, I'm not, the house that I'm going to move into, hopefully, uh, well, it's got to be done. Hopefully yeah. my builder is listening because we actually starting in two weeks uh, breaking ground and I need to be in by next June. So Ooh. I think I'll be in by July, but um, I do think we'll, it'll, it'll happen. I'm very, check in on the <laughs> podcast, you know, like good podcast, check in like yeah. a year later. Let's find out if I'm living, I might be living with you. Got I don't be, know. I mean, I got, got, got a new basement. Yeah, easy, My daughter's going to babysit. Perfect. So, so, but you will be selling your current house? No. Oh, okay. I, I mean, unless it's so I'm great. Yeah, no, I thank you. I do have a great house. I love the house. We're going to keep it. Um, we'll probably move back here someday. Yeah. Love it. Um, so delegation, very critical, especially with the amount of stuff you do. Yeah. You know, how do you determine what to delegate, what not? Tell me your thoughts on delegation. So that's a good question. Um, I, I mean, one, I think I'm a, a very good delegator and I delegate a lot. Yeah. Now, if you ask my team, because I will, I will, we to stay, whether it's staging, whether it's an open house, whether it's picking up mirrors at Home Depot that we talked about earlier, yeah. I will still do that stuff. Sure. Um, and I always say, like, oh, no, no, I do delegate when I know it can be delegated and someone can execute there you it. Go. There you so go. I won't delegate. I will still double check on things. Um, but with, with very little. Yeah. Um, I, but you got to be really consistent with the delegations. And I think I am. I'm not saying I've always have been. But for example, um, I might have one client call me and it's a developer client, right? And so. Deanna and I are going to go on that appointment. Um, if we've got too many developers at one time, like I may bring another agent in to help me. Mm -hmm. I don't do it very often, but yeah. if it's a newer developer um, and I think they need a little more attention, I will. Um, and I say need more attention because they may not have worked with me before. Yeah. And they, they, I'm going to give you the attention that you need, but some people don't realize that they don't need extra attention. And, and you know, at yeah. some point, I'm kind of past reminding them of that. So. <laughs> But I'll give it to them by bringing someone else on. But then if I have an old client that wants to sell their house in D.C. and buy a bigger house or go to Bethesda, um, go to, DC, you know, Virginia, that's usually Kevin Gray and my team. He's been the longest and everybody loves, you know, Kevin. everybody loves Kevin. Shout out to Kevin. Yeah. And so funny. And he's the funniest person yeah, <laughs> first, and probably in the DMV, right? And at least in real estate in the DMV. Um, but then... Because I live in Bethesda, uh, a lot of people don't. They really they think I do all DC, and they don't realize I actually do live in Bethesda. Yeah. And uh, Mary Nuno, my team, who also gets a big shout out because she's quite amazing, and, and everyone knows that. Also, um, great designer, very great designer. Oversees a lot of our staging. Um, like so, she handles like more of my Bethesda, Maryland business. Yeah. And then you know I've got many people. I've got Tommy Hart. I've got Adrian Nelson. I'm, I don't want Jay Nix. I don't want forget people. Definitely, I, I'm, I'm sure Ricky Waller will be listening. So I definitely got to say Ricky's name as well. But the um, so, but I think you got to be consistent. So you yeah. um, every so, and I don't show properties very often anymore. If they're really great clients, I will. But I'll use, I got to bring someone else in because I don't have time. Yeah, and, sure. and you're going to slip. But uh, you know, wanting to hold on to your own business is not something that's going to be successful in the long term. Sure. If you're going to have a really quality team, you've got to be able to share. That means sharing the commissions, and that yeah. means sharing in the time. Um, but you can spread yourself a little bit uh, wider without being too thin. You know, some people from around DMV listening to this, others maybe across the country, 
for Pete, you know, what are two things that you love about the DMV? Ah, that's a good question. So if I'm only going to say two, I think the one is the size. Mm-hmm. Because it is a true city, but it's so manageable. Yeah. And I don't know if it's because I came from a small town in Ohio or, you know, whatever it may be. But I definitely think it's the vibe of a nice Diverse city, yeah. but not not too spread out too like spread. LA. Man. Yes, it, yeah. In LA, you're driving forever Ever. to go somewhere. Yeah, I mean, I mean, basically, I think everything is 15 minutes away in DC. But yeah. if everyone knows me, that's why I'm always 10 minutes late. Correct. Because it's really not. I'm often going from one side of the city to the other, and I just think everything's 15 minutes away. Yeah. But the reality is, everything really is within 20. Five minutes away, if not uh, less, going from point A to point B the majority of the time. Um, and so I really enjoy that. Um, and I, just the diversity. I mean, it's, um, we, you know, y- you can find people from, from Ohio like I am, and you find people from other countries, and you find people from LA, and you know, you know, there's just a lot of diversity. You know, I think everyone's, it's kind of a good common ground. It is a great common ground. Yeah. And it's like, you don't deal with some of the negatives, maybe of the Northeast, the long driving you get in LA. It's kind of the. Even the weather. I mean, it doesn't really get that cold. I mean, it is humid, but like it doesn't, we rarely have a lot of heat way for many, many days. And we definitely don't have it really cold several days in a row. Like you get a cold day or two and then it gets, brightens up for a day. At least we have air conditioning. When I lived in San Diego, no one had AC. Oh. You know, and so like then it got hotter and hotter. It was like, oh, it used to be only two weeks out of the summer that were 90 plus. And now it's. And it was five weeks. It's like, man, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, no, we have a big component of uh, AC. Hey, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having I me. Mean, one of my best that friends. Was fun. Great yeah, to have man. you. Great to hear. So, I mean, we look for interesting people. And here's the epitome of it. <laughs> well, remember, I can take you all the way down to the very end with my funeral um, experience back. You know, just reach out to me. That's just too good. Yeah, that's that's just any, too good for you, Lash. Shred and Co. Funeral Director. There Come we on. go. Next step, next chapter. Thank you all.